0: indian from the conflict there in dc i'm sure in hushed and respectful tones that the maga hat high school kids were uh dancing in front of her with, you know you know the whole story right so they're interviewing nathan phillips today on the today show we'll hit you with some highlights of that i guess as the story continues
1: right now venezuela is in chaos a beautiful oil rich formerly fairly wealthy nation is absolutely in ruin economically and uh, political instability, is it, and, is it and it perhaps having... bloodshed are uh, are uh, you know in the air. Yes, o-
0: outside of the United States, uh, having oil is about the worst thing that can happen to you. It seems like as a country,
1: in a lot of ways, it's a really interesting topic. But Ian Bremmer joins us. Ian is the president, and founder of Eurasia Group, uh, leading global political risk research and consulting firm, and a uh, and just an enjoyable fellow to talk to. Whatever the topic. Hello, Ian. How are you, sir?
2: Hey, yeah, I don't know, I don't look at Norway. I mean, they're in collapse and, and reverting to cannibalism, mostly because of
1: oil. <laughs> wow, good Lord, the <laughs> specter of cannibalism rearing its ugly head. Uh, so, hey, uh, listen, you know, I happen to hear you uh, on a couple outlets uh, talking about Venezuela in, in recent days. But one thing nobody, I haven't heard people ask you, is how did this oil-rich nation find itself with catastrophic inflation, actual starvation and millions of people fleeing?
2: Well, um, one is that they don't produce nearly as much oil as they used to, over a million barrels a day off the market um, because their engineers have fled. If you go up to the oil patch, uh, oil sands, for example, uh, in Canada, you find a lot of Venezuelan engineers, all the talent just left, But because the, actually the geology is similar. And believe me, they don't like living in the cold. Um, uh, the, uh, the, the refineries are stripped. Um, I mean the the, the I mean the, the major state oil company Petavesa has fallen apart. Massive mismanagement, lack of investment internationally, Western companies being shaken down that were there. I mean pretty much everything you could do wrong to screw up this environment they've done. The Saudis may be authoritarian and certainly they've got big human rights problems. But Saudi Aramco as a company internally has the technological sophistication of ExxonMobil. Pera is operating like a a feudal estate, and the people are incompetent that are managing it.
0: Hey, maybe we should back up a second. I'm listening right now. Why should I care about Venezuela?
2: You should care about Venezuela because um, over the last year, uh, you've had about uh, over 2 million refugees that have streamed out of the country. Uh, it's an enormous cost that's being borne on other countries across South America, like Colombia, for example. The Colombian president believes that if this continues, he could end up with 5 million Venezuelan refugees in his own country, wow. more than 10% of the population. So that's coming in the same way that you care about Syria because of what they did to Europe. Um, when all of those refugees streamed across, you care about Venezuela because it has knock-on effects in other countries around the region. Um, you know, if, As an American, if you don't care about the region – It's not like Venezuela is particularly destabilizing the United States. They're not coming into the U.S. We do get some oil from them, but not very much, a lot less than we used to, because they can't export what they used to. Um, But, I mean, the fact that we have this horrible dictatorship with millions of people that are suffering 90% in poverty, the average Venezuelan last year lost over 17 pounds of weight because they can't get food, yeah listen average average I don't want to
1: let that line. I don't want that point to go by too quickly Ian the average Venezuelan lost 17 pounds last year cuz they couldn't find food.
0: Food that'd be good for me, but that's a
1: different well, well, reason. Yeah, think. that notwithstanding, yeah. that's that's a that's a no, modern that's the South society East
2: diet, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, The, yeah, the, yeah. South East, <laughs> the Venezuelans there look
1: pretty good. Uh, the, the Caracas look like hell. Right. So, Ian Bremmer's on the line. It, it is. I think it's safe to say that a uh, socialist dictatorship has ruined the economy of yet another country, and a giant um, uh, migrant crisis, a giant refugee crisis, and perhaps a guerrilla style civil war for the the next God knows how many years, would do the hemisphere no good in Venezuela.
2: Yeah, I think we can say that. And I think we can also say the fact that uh, both President Trump uh, and Premier Trudeau from Canada and most of the major economies from Latin America, though not Mexico, um, have all decided uh, to recognize uh, the opposition leader, Mr. Guaido, who runs the National Assembly, as the legitimate president of Venezuela. And I think it's quite meaningful that you have all of those leaders on the same page here. I know how
0: dictatorships work, though. Who's the army with?
2: The army right now is with Maduro, um, who effectively stole the last election. But I will tell you the likelihood that members of the army start peeling away from him is a lot greater because of the steps that have been made by all these other countries in the region in the last 48 hours. There, There was a major National Guard um, mutiny uh, against the government over the weekend. It didn't involve any senior officials, uh, but it was significant. We hadn't seen that before. And the demonstrations in the last 24 hours in the Caracas are also pretty large. So, I mean, I do think these things matter.
1: Is it fair to say the United States is not merely declaring uh, Mr. Guaido the de facto president and then waiting and seeing? I have a feeling Pompeo's guys have got the Generalissimo's on the phone and are telling them,
2: listen, we are your friends. Do the right thing. Clearly, conversations are happening, right? right? I mean, I don't know if they're happening directly, and I think indirectly that message is being sent. Having said that, um, so far, the senior military leadership has been lined up completely with Maduro, and they've been willing to exercise force at his order against the Venezuelan people. So, you know, if you ask me right now, do I believe the military is ready to listen to a cut bait from this guy because it's otherwise going badly for all of you, they're not willing to listen to that. But as the demonstrations continue and the opposition hopefully has something that looks like coordinated leadership, which they haven't had before, the likelihood that you start to see those military leaders peel off is greater. And of course, you know, if that happens in a big way, uh, then Maduro might flee the country. And that would probably be the best thing uh, from all considered,
1: sure. you know. Final thought, and we've talked about this a fair amount through the years, having studied this all of our adult lives. The the days, weeks, months, sometimes even years in which a regime appears to be crumbling, but the power brokers within, say the, the military leaders, are looking at each other and kind of hinting to each other that uh, maybe we ought to go that way. It's got to be just mind bogglingly stressful.
2: It is, but let's keep in mind, in addition to the Mexican government under Lopez Obrador on the left, um, supporting Maduro right now, they've also got the Russians, they've got the Chinese, they've got the Iranians, they have provided some cash, they've got a whole bunch of Cubans on the military advisor and intelligence front. You know, it's not as if they're completely isolated. And even really isolated leaders like North Korea have been able to stay in place for a long time because those people also hear direct impression. You don't want to be the first person that raises your hand and say, "How about we go after this guy?" Exactly. You want to be down the road, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly.
1: Just read the uh, read the tea leaves. Uh, Ian Bremer, president and founder of Eurasia Group. Ian, we sure appreciate you spending a couple minutes. We know how busy you are. Thanks. Good talk to you guys. Bye. Great. Uh yeah. The whole uh, so, General. What do you think of old Maduro these days? <laughs> well, General, what do you think of Maduro these days? <laughs> I mean, un- unbelievable. We need to shame Mexico. Are you kidding? What do they call them, LBO or the new president of Mexico? You're supporting Maduro? Stop it. How, oh, God, they're starving their people. Millions are fleeing because their children are starving to death. Uh, an Industrialized, modern Oil-rich
0: nation, and you're supporting Maduro. Shame on you! Shame on you! Um, I got hip to a new app last night that I think you're going to want to use. Maybe you already use it. You're going to say, uh, w- "Welcome to the party, old man!" But uh, tell you about that coming up. Um, got a number of texts. Is it the
1: calculator on your phone? You found that? <laughs>
0: you no, know, this thing's got a flashlight now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you can take pictures with your telephone.
0: Hilarious. <laughs> we got a couple of texts from people who admit to lying to bosses or teachers to get special treatment. Oh, boy. Like the, uh, I my doctor says I need sunlight, so you get an office with a window. <laughs> That's just. Oh, boy. we got a couple of those. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. And what is Nathan Phillips telling the Today Show? I want to hear that. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
1: The conscience of the
0: nation. Fans of our on-demand show, we now have a brand new daily podcast. We're calling it Armstrong and Getty, One More Thing. Yeah, it's where we just talk about something else that didn't fit into the show. And sometimes we use
1: naughty language. Yes! Not often, though, because it's naughty.
0: Finally! Find it right now via the iHeart app. Just search for Armstrong and Getty, One More Thing. My chance to work blue. (laughs) The Armstrong and Getty Show. Here's your update on a couple of big stories, and then we'll have more on it later. Uh, Cohen is not going to testify next week like he was planning to because he says he's being threatened by the president through tweets, which either is or isn't true, but that's that. And the president said, I'm not going to give the State of the Union address until the government opens back up which I saw some headline, Trump blinks. Okay, whatever. I don't care about the State of the Union Address, so. I, I think the stakes are incredibly low as to when the State of the Union Address happens. It's major symbolism,
1: Jack. This big symbolism. Big. And it's important symbolically. I'm just going to keep repeating that. Okay, you keep as saying As if that. I have an argument. No, it seems, it seems, like It's worth, you can't do that. You can't just, because you're pissed off. Prevent the State of the Union address as needless as it is. No. And yes, I understand the constitutional prerogative, blah, blah, blah.
0: Um, so. I don't know why
1: he did that. I would love to have heard those, uh, you know, discussions
0: by his advisors. Had a list of things you might be doing that annoy your coworkers. It included one I'd never seen before. People are annoyed by coworkers who demand special treatment and get it. Um,. I suppose you should really be mad at the culture that allows that to actually work. Because at some point, you're smart for asking if you're going to get it. But things like, the doctor says I need to have sunlight. So, so you get an office that's got a window. Right. My um, doctor says I need more money. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, my doctor says
1: I need more sunlight with of you. <laughs> so the parking
0: lot side, not so much. Uh, we had one, somebody who said, I told my boss when I got hired that I don't do well working around noise, and they gave me an office away from everybody else, and mm-hmm. everybody asks me all the time, how'd you get that office? Wow. I told the boss I wanted a quieter office.
1: See, that's all it took. That could be legit or not legit, though, because you know, you know me. I'm incredibly easily distracted by noise. Yeah, but everybody would like a quieter office, so who's going to determine... I get that, but if you want more work out of me and better work, you're smart to give me an office. But that sort of thing catches on, and then where does it stop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it stops with me having an office with a great view because of what the doctor said.
0: (laughs) Staring out the window doing nothing at that point. Um, In high school, I told the coach I had high blood pressure to get out of long-distance running. Oh, gee. I ended up getting the nickname HA, heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) That is so high school football, Coach. Uh, Hey, hey Coach, I got this heart thing. All right, come on over here, heart attack. (laughs) No kidding. Back in the day, it probably doesn't happen anymore. yeah, like When I was a kid, that would have been. It teaches you that your weaknesses are actually your strengths or something. What? I don't know. Or that bad hearts should be mocked or something. (laughs) Yeah. Something important. Uh, I learned about this last night. I haven't tried it yet. I can't wait to try it uh, with my wife at least. So are you on the Marco Polo app? So I brought up the idea that... um I kept getting lost
1: seeking spices
0: in China. Hilarious! Hilarious historical reference. Thank you. Um, Glad you enjoyed it. (laughs) So uh, uh, I I often think about this when I poo-poo any new development. Mm -hmm. That when I first heard of texting from our news girl, Jamie Coffey, I thought, why would anybody do that? It seemed stupid to me. It made no sense. Just pick up the phone
1: and call them, you idiot.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Now, the idea, anytime I get a phone call, I'm like you, we're all the same. Why are you calling me? Text me, text me the, the,
1: right. exactly. the important stuff. Exactly, And
0: I'll read it and determine whether or not I want to respond. But uh, so this, this new one, I brought this up to some people last night at dinner, and she said, um, are you on Marco Polo? I said, I've never even heard of it. She said, oh, you'll never text again. It's video texting, but the app makes it so dang easy. And she said, my mom, my husband, everybody, we only Marco Polo now. So I jotted it down, and I'm going to try it. Wow. And she said it's great for driving. You just hold your phone up, and you say the stuff. It's a video. You press a button, and just like text, they can watch it live as they come in, if they're on their phone, or they can look at it whenever they get around to it, right. and then they send back. It just. I'll try that. I haven't tried it either. Sounds Does great. it exist entirely to grab my data and sell it? Oh, uh,
1: probably. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of that last night. Uh, for some whatever reason, we have like uh, shared apps, something or other turned on on our iPhones. My wife and uh, in particular, my 19 year old daughter and I. And so I see the apps she downloads. And one oh,
0: of, I don't want that relationship with my parents.
1: One of them is one of those make your selfie look better apps. And I'm, I'm thinking I, I got to figure out how to put it to her. I really want to text her and say...
0: Which one is it? Because Facetune is really good, um, now that I've used it. I don't know.
1: I'd have to look at my phone. But um, I-, I want to tell her, listen, you're beautiful, and I don't want you to be one of those people who who begins to hate how they actually look because you're so used to sending an idealized version of yourself around to the world. It's just it's not healthy. You end up looking like Wendy Williams. Yeah.
0: Google her if you don't know who she is. Her! <laughs> She did um, that to herself.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're, they're going down the uh, Joan Rivers Highway of uh, facial reconstruction.
0: Barry anyway. Manilow says, get away from me, you're a goblin.
1: But the other one I noticed, uh, she downloaded an app called Happy Glass. And uh, I whiled away uh, probably a good solid hour and a quarter between a couple of flights we had yesterday um, playing Happy Glass. It's a game? It's a game. Oh, it's such a great game. Oh, it's, 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 it's water coming out of like a faucet, and then there's a glass. And there are various obstacles and falling things, and sometimes the glass is just floating in space. And you have to draw a structure that will route the water to the glass, no matter the impediments and all. It's a, it's a spatial relationships brain game. We were, uh... and, and it probably exists purely to steal my data and that of my friends. But I found it, it it generated that feeling that it, it, studies come out now and again saying older folks should do puzzles, learn a musical instrument. Anything that is frustrating is your brain becoming more sharp and, and not, you know, decaying or whatever. That's it grim term, but um, you know what I'm saying. It's your brain growing instead of uh, backsliding. Try not to decay. And so every day I get up, that's my goal.
0: And this game really stimulates that feeling. It's r- interesting. Yeah, I was reading Tolstoy while you were playing Happy Glass. Gosh, you're play. better than me. Happy right. Glass is also what I tell my bartender to make when I have an empty <laughs> glass. So I was like, why don't you make that empty glass a Happy Glass? Because <laughs> it's a sad glass
1: <laughs> right now, near, uh, Beer Jackie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? New Caravana 2000 heading to the border. Tijuana upset. The government shut down. Now we're getting warnings from the FBI. And why you have been storing peanut butter incorrectly all these years. <laughs> oh good lord.
0: I, have it? I I seem to be all right.
1: Family graveyards full of people we killed with our inadequate peanut butter storage. Yes.
0: Finally, the truth. <laughs> Beer jockey? Is that what you call the bartender? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty show. Nathan Phillips on the Today Show today. Did he say anything interesting, Sean? I See know that you took old in some Indian
1: activist fellow who was involved in the fracas with the Catholic boys at the uh,
0: Capitol Mall, Jack? That's the guy. Uh, not Well, I'm probably the wrong guy. I haven't found anything interesting that any of the parties have said. <laughs> So much into it, it's just. I would agree with you on that. Talking yeah. back or talking past each other. It's no, I, it's, it's, know, I, it's one of the clearest yeah. examples of a Rorschach yeah. test I've ever seen. <laughs> I've been more interested in the questioning than any of the uh, the answers. Yeah, the I'm media doing. tone. Yeah, it's a it's a nine minute interview. I've only gone through the first couple minutes. Okay. So, but is the media tone
1: fawning and respectful to the guy, or do they ask him any difficult questions?
0: I don't know. Okay. Yeah. No problema. Hmm? Speak English. I'm yelling at myself now. You just yelled uh. at Sean to speak English when he said no problema? No, I yelled, yelled at you, me. you. That's correct, okay, right. yes. A well, self-hate.
1: It's about okay. time you knew our names, Jack. We've worked together for 26 years. Let's uh,
0: get the news oh. now with Marsha
3: Phillips. Tijuana, bracing for another massive migrant caravan. The caravan is currently making its way through Mexico after recently leaving Central America. While there are reports... That the 2,000 migrants will be heading to Texas, it's still not clear where they might end up. As for officials in Tijuana, they say they're hoping the caravan doesn't show up in the city because they say resources to help the migrants are really strained as thousands are already seeking asylum in hopes of making their way into the U.S. and locals' hostilities towards the migrants are growing.
0: Which, yeah, is clearly racism. They clearly just don't like Hispanics. Right. Because that's the only reason... You wouldn't want people showing up in your town from somewhere else. It's because you're racist. But that aside, where else are you going to go? If you're, if you're going to show up to the border and you need services, you need food, clothing, shelter, there aren't that many cities. You're going to go to Brownsville? You're going to go to Tijuana? Where are you going to show up?
1: Juarez. There aren't a lot of options. Um, so I'm just I'm drawing myself a chart here. Let's see. Thousands of Central American migrants, if they're stopped in Tijuana... It's an enormous drain on financial, health, and logistical resources. But if you let them set foot across the border,
0: it's nothing but a blessing and helping and helping decent people. Right? It's it's it's. they might Hmm. them being decent people's got nothing to do with it. Well, some are certainly. Well, if if they all are fine, why am I supporting them? Right. Make
3: the argument for that. Now, thrown into all this mix is a decision by Mexico's new government to liberalize entry rules for foreigners seeking humanitarian visas. That has set off the new wave of Central Americans, many of them intent on making it to the U.S.-Mexico border. The new leftist president, Lopez Obrador, pushed for the new one-year visas Which include the right to work in Mexico and travel freely in the country. That's how the latest caravan of more than 2,000 got into the country. And they don't want to stay in Mexico. This is all getting very, very confusing. Go ahead. I was going to say, we're offering offering people, all right, a one-year visa, come on into Mexico. And you you have the right to travel around and uh, do what you wish and work here. And then they travel right through Mexico to the border. Sure,
1: right. And then beyond. I tell you what, we, Mr. and Mrs. America, Little America Jr., I'm talking to you here. We not only have the the crumbling economies of Central America and, and just the crime-ridden just filth that people are trying to escape, and they're doing exactly what I would do if yep. I lived in Honduras. Not only do we have that, we have a, a, we're on the verge of a civil war in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. There are already millions of refugees flowing out of that yep. country. At this point, not a ton of them have hit u.s shores but they will and man and and here we are we the republicans and the democrats acting like a bunch of dopes unable to come to any sort of reasonable compromise to get us border security and figure out how to deal with the folks who are already here it's just it's it's astounding and disappointing and we ought to get our act together because it's not going to get better
0: our original air names astounding and disappointing Mm.
3: We've moved now into day 34, the partial government shutdown, and it is now hurting a number of things, including FBI investigations. The FBI Agents Association releasing a report saying the shutdown has hobbled their operations. Tom O'Connor is the uh, organization's president. The
0: failure to fund the FBI is making it more difficult for us to do our jobs, to protect the people of our country, From criminals and terrorists. This is not about politics or partisanship.
3: Some of the agents say they cannot pay informants because of a lack of funding causing them to lose sources. One official investigating the dangerous MS-13 gang reported it has been difficult to communicate with Spanish speaking informants at all. They are being hampered by the funding drying up. And and I get why they're citing something kind of scary and
1: exciting like that but You know, having gone through the FBI Citizens Academy program, which was really fun and interesting, um, there are so many people who work for the FBI who are not agents. They're uh, uh, translators, for instance, as you were referring to. They're evidence processors. They're scientists. They're administrative people. um, And and they're not getting paid. And so, in many cases, they're not showing up. Right. And, you know, the FBI is in charge of gangs and organized crime and, and financial crimes and terrorism and the rest of it. Uh, the idea that we're not funding them cuz Chuck and Nancy and uh, and Mitch and, and 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 whoever else can't get together it's just astounding
3: all right right now i step forward to inform you all you've been storing peanut butter wrong all this time <sighs> delish i R- hang it in my closet like it's a shirt is that wrong do you hang it do you hang it upside down no. And, well, uh, why am I supposed to do this? Hang
0: you upside down if the story goes on too <laughs> it's the long. oils or something.
1: Delish, <laughs> or something
3: Delish like. reports you yeah. should keep your jar of peanut butter upside down, especially true if you like natural peanut butter. I do.
0: Yeah. If you if you eat the Jif, it doesn't make any difference cuz that stuff's just candy. And uh <laughs> and as the the oil doesn't separate. But yeah, the the supposedly healthy peanut butter we right. get if you don't have it upside down, you got like two inches of peanut oil. Right. You can't spread that on your sandwich, right? Well, you got right?
1: to stir that puppy every time you use it. It's a lot of work, though. Yeah, <laughs> That's it? why
3: I always go back to the jiff. You need to go back to the gym. <laughs> Stirring <laughs> peanut butter is too much strain. <laughs> By storing the jar upside down, the oil will evenly distribute through the entire jar. Fantastic. That's a great life hack, Marshall. Huh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I threatened you earlier. Well, <laughs> and to make it even better, jar All our data
0: shows that our listeners eat just gobs of peanut butter. <laughs> the superfood.
3: Refrigerate your peanut butter upside down, and it will be even better yet. Wow. How? I will not. Yeah, that makes yeah. it less spreadable. Yeah, your, good point. At your news, I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong Getting Show, The Conscience of the Nation. Oh, you're spreading tomain all over your bread if you're
1: not refrigerating. Huh? Huh? Yes. Graveyards yeah, no, no. are full
0: of people <laughs> exactly. <from that. laughs> another
1: one, another soul lost eating <laughs> rancid peanut butter.
0: Um so we got important stuff. We also got the latest trend in speed dating, if you've ever tried that. Kind of oh idea. Here's a hint. Bring your skis. What? <laughs> what? 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 What, Jack? I'm going to stay tuned through the commercials. I'm so entertained. That's what you're saying to yourself. And now I know how to store my peanut butter. This show's just too good. i got to tell all my friends. <laughs> is that what they're saying? That's what they're saying. Wow, to themselves. More,
3: more examples of what you, the listener, is is saying right now. <laughs> right. There's nothing wrong with the short newscast, Marshall. <laughs> Amen to
0: that, brother. <laughs> you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation.
3: Armstrong and Getty Show. And Nathan Phillips is with us now. Mr. Phillips, good morning to you. Good morning. First of all, first question, how are you doing? This has been a whirlwind few days for you. You find yourself on the front page of every newspaper. How are you doing and how are you feeling? Well, I woke up strong this morning and with a really positive attitude and makes one of us. I uh, I had an opportunity to go and to a traditional prayer ceremony and and that was the other night. All right. Yesterday.
0: This This sounds like the conversation you have with any really old person. There's (laughs) 10 minutes of that. Can we be done with this now? And it was on a Wednesday. No way, it was Tuesday because exactly. my knee was hurting. <laughs> yeah. I think he should have said, I have my reservations. I think that's what he should have said. Oh, boy.
1: A classic. A classic.
0: Yeah. Um, can, we, can we be done with this topic?
1: Yeah. I've got this piece in The Atlantic that really talks about it, and it's brilliant, but it's long. Well,
0: let me just say and this. it's
1: thoughtful, and there's no time for long
0: and thoughtful. <laughs> How? Short, <laughs> stupid chance. How many, That's what we want. How many people purposefully watched a little bit of the video and then and then and then made you know strong statements just for you know getting eyeballs and ears and that sort of stuff? Because when I see anything like that, whether it's a uh cop shooting a guy video, or 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 that sort of thing, where people are yelling at each other. My first thought is always, "Well, I'd like to see the ten minutes that led up to that." Sure. I always, that's the first thing I think. But Jack, my boy, that's, I don't that's... think. Oh my god! And then start yelling about what just happened. I that group think, of people is terrible. I would. I always think my first thought is always. I need a lot more information here. Right. I don't have any idea which side I should be on. It. Which is why I've been on this story, and I'm bringing it up, because it is so
1: such a beautiful illustration of how we have been whipped up into hating each other as Americans and are grasping at the weakest little straws to, to, to justify our hate. And it's, it's unhealthy, it's un-American, and it's stupid. And I just, I'm tired of it, particularly in the mainstream media. And some of the savage things people were saying about these kids, having not thought what you just thought, okay, this is a little too perfect, I need to know what actually happened. That, that if I have a message, that would be it. Yeah. Just remember that. And also remember, a couple more things. Number one, evildoers are trying to set us at each other's throats. Evil- doers. Right. And and you know also there's more that unites us than divides us. We absolutely have to remember that. Um, And and I have one more point. It's really the the key point, and it's the point that's going to wrap this all up. And it flitted right out of my mind because I didn't get enough (laughs) sleep. I was going no, to have a bow just right on top of it. It's uh, people's identity politics. It's stupid racism. Old Indian guys. Well, maybe you'll uh, think
0: of it. I can do this. Catholic school kids. MAGA you keep hats. thinking no, on wait that. wait a minute. It's getting okay. closer. <laughs> Lincoln Memorial National Mall. School buses. No, that's not school buses. Uh, no, go ahead. Love is in the air because Valentine's Day is coming up. <laughs> that was so... Now you made me sick. <laughs> I got two stories for you. If you
1: <laughs> wait for once a year to express your love... Doomed. Well,
0: (laughs) Valentine's Day is as stupid as the State of the Union address. It's the only time the commercials tell me to express it. What am I supposed to do? (laughs) Exactly. Well Well said. uh, Two things uh, that I found interesting one, those little hearts candies that have a be mine. You know, the little hearts that have a little saying on them? Sure. Be mine, I oh, they love you, a whatever. Delicious snack, yeah. That company went out of business last year. What? They, there's one company that made those. They this had the patent on... This Trump's America. <laughs> wow. They had the patent on little chalk hearts with messages on them. It's those chalk heart tariffs that he was throwing <laughs> around all willy-nilly. So a trade war. Trump! Trump! $1.8 billion in sales last year. They went out of business for some reason. They're Who's gone. Who's their so. CFO? <laughs> what, You're selling a couple of billion dollars worth of
1: those things, and you can't stay in business? What are your costs? Lecturing chalk hearts. Not
0: like stuff that tastes good. Obviously, you're not spending a lot on that, because those things were nasty. There are new companies scrambling to get them out there, but there's going to be a real shortage of them. It's going to be a, you know, so whatever. They're all going to be knockoffs, not the original name brand. And this, uh, I've heard of speed dating. Interesting idea, speed dating. I've never done it. Have you ever done it, Sean? No. It seems like a pretty good idea, though. I thought that was super hot for a while, or maybe it just was according to
1: the media. I was To me, it married, just but...
0: seemed like an actually good idea. I've had oh. dates end
1: quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, Michael, our board operator.
0: Expose yourself. Hilarious, as always. Expose yourself and them to you, a whole bunch of different people quickly. And in... You
1: want me to expose myself to a bunch of women quickly? <laughs> Look
0: at this. What do you think of this? Huh? You uh, think we ought to go out? This is this impressive? <laughs> Great. No, so, you know, and in, yeah, a, get it. in a minute you decide, you know, maybe, maybe not. Well, definitely not or possibly or whatever. Doesn't science say that you can get yes. a really good? Yes, s- yes, it does. You know, speed dating on skis is a thing. There are a number of ski resorts across the country. that are doing special days or nights or lifts or whatever. The- and people want to speed date. And the time you spend on the ski lift together, you got like guys in one line, girls, and you just randomly get together. And you you, you chat on the way up. And if you, you know, then maybe you ski down and have a drink or whatever, or you say, uh, "Hope I never see you again." You're a weirdo or whatever. Exactly. Or you Push them off the mountain. <laughs> you pu- yeah, you push them off the lift. Maybe you just hurl yourselves down into a snowdrift and start a family right there. Exactly. You really hit it off, right? But speed dating is about the time, not the velocity at which you're you're hurtling <laughs> down a mountain. Yeah, you're misunderstanding the term. Uh, no, that sounds kind of fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's idea.
1: something. Yeah, and, and listen, uh, those of us who have skied. Uh, no, sometimes
0: you're on a lift with somebody and you think, "Wow, that's a really nice person." <laughs> See, I would I would Sometimes do, not. I would do very well on the ski lift up, but then as soon as they saw me just pizza wedge my <laughs> right. way down the whole mountain cuz I can't ski at all. I think that would do me harm. That would do me damage. <laughs>
1: well, depends. Depends how charming you were.
0: Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I just sit on my bottom and scooch down the
1: oh, mountain. Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good on a snowboard, but terrible on skis. And uh, I have gotten off the ski lift before where I panicked and grabbed the thing, and it, like, pulls me around. Oh, no. I'm scared to let go. Oh, and they're goodness. yelling, you gotta let go! <laughs> <laughs> Better off on your hiney. <laughs>
1: They have to stop the lift as you lay there. All right, can you get up? I'll help you.
0: I'm not going out with you, she says as she goes down the hill. <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> whoosh, whoosh,
1: whoosh. Down the hill she goes. Shush, shush, shush. Right. Exactly. Ski speed dating. Well, I'll be so dead. There what you will go. will they yeah. think? Keep oh. your peanut butter upside down. Next. <laughs> Uh, Let's see, what do we have time for here? We don't have a lot of time, but I got this over here. Hi,
0: my name is, uh, I'm going to use his name. He works um, uh, for the airline I hate the most in San Diego. He said, you'd be amazed at how many special needs I hear that require free seats in the extra legroom section. And we accommodate most of them. Getting to a topic we've been talking about for a while. If you at work say, my doctor said I need sunlight, you get a desk by the window. Right. If you tell United Airlines, I have I have problems with my legs, so I need the uh, the seats with the extra leg room, they'll probably give you those seats. We're going to end up in a world where, you know, and everybody with their dogs, where wow. we're all making up stories to get a better parking spot, a better seat, a better table at a restaurant, whatever. My doctor right. says, I really need to sit next to that hottie in aisle seven. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. The single man, the
1: mating call of the single man. Tone it down over there. Captain Hormone. So a little bonus mailbag is, you can email us anytime you want, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Here is uh, Brian uh, talking about Kamala Harris, the frontrunner for the Democratic uh, presidential nomination. Although even identifying a frontrunner at this point in the game is pretty silly. Uh, but he says, don't forget about the sexual harassment claim she settled with a former staffer. 400000 about what Stormy Daniels got paid. I have no memory of that. No. Can can somebody harass
0: her her or she harassed someone else? Well, if she settled, she paid. Sounds like she was harassing. Is that right? Or was she the prosecutor of it or something?
1: Google it and we'll find out. And then Google will have all your data and sell it. Never forget.
0: She's the front runner to the moment Beto says he's in the race. Beto, please. Please. Please what I said is accurate. So it was a longtime aide to Kamala Harris had to resign uh, after a $400,000 sexual harassment and retaliation settlement. Okay.
1: So I- her aide was uh, yes. acting in an untoward uh, fashion. She doesn't get tagged yeah, with that. Yeah, don't bother us with that. That's silly, Brian. What well, are you talking don't about? Waste our time. Yeah, I mean unless you probably store your peanut butter right side up. Unless she was in on the retaliation because she was loyal to her aide who was being accused. Okay, that I didn't even She was playing the Hillary Clinton role of assassinating the character of the woman who dared complain about the rapine of her husband and or. You're making you know, up employer. a scenario, though. You don't know that. Making it up is kind of strong. I'm, I'm going through possible scenarios.
0: One of the things about presidential elections is all this will come out. Anything that exists will come out on everybody. It always does. You can, it's amazing. You can become a two-term governor and something never came out right. until you run for president. Then it comes out.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, this note from Phil in Moses Lake, Washington. Uh, introduced your show to my nurse this morning as I was prepping for my first colonoscopy. I hope she likes the show. How do you prep toe touches? I also <laughs> informed her I ate a big bag of glitter last night, so this should be spectacular. <laughs> that is a funny thing to say
2: <laughs> before <calling out.
0: laughs> That is an odd sense of humor. Yeah, I would say. Oh, brother! I didn't get to the USA Today front page story today about Bible classes in public schools. It has become a thing, maybe. My kids had to learn about Islam in public schools. They did. Yeah. Interesting. You are listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show.